0: And Welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. Ever found yourself having a lovely time, only to be interrupted by something not so lovely? Maybe it's a perfectly harmless trip to the store, tainted by some creep that doesn't understand personal space, or just doesn't care about yours. A beautiful date with the love of your life, spoiled by someone intent on doing real harm. Perhaps it's just having a sleepover at Grandma's house, ruined by the fact that Grandma's house is haunted. These stories and more, right here, right now. So, let's get started, shall we? as a child, I had a lot of paranormal experiences. From age 8 to 17, I had some pretty strange things happen to me. I lived in a pretty abusive home, and I believe that negative spirits are drawn to negative things, and that's why I had so many experiences when I was younger. I know that's not always the case, but I do believe that can definitely conjure something. I haven't had any creepy experiences in a few years. Thankfully. My first experience that I recall was when I was about eight or nine. I was at my grandmother's house. She was sleeping in her room, and all of a sudden, I hear a scream. So I jump up and run to my grandmother's room to see if she's okay. She was passed out, not bothered at all. I thought I imagined it, so I laid there all night, I didn't sleep until the sun was up, and my grandmother was up. So a lot has happened at my grandmother's house alone. I think it's her husband. He's a horrible person, and I wouldn't be surprised if he attracted all of the evil things in that house. Anyway, I had one of my childhood best friends come over to my grandparents' house. and we were outside, it was, I would say, 3 p.m. She stops in her tracks and says... Look into that window. I look and there is a short old woman with dark curly hair standing in my grandmother's bedroom window. I would have said it was my grandmother, but my grandmother has blonde hair. It's not short. So we freaked out and we called my dad to come get us. My friend never returned to the house. She'd refused to go there with me even if I begged. This next experience is the last time I entered her house. I'll never go back there. I was up late watching TV in the living room, drinking some tea, and I see a shadow in the hallway. I thought it was my eyes playing tricks on me, but then I see a full-on black shadow standing in the hallway. There was no way that it wasn't real. I screamed and my grandmother came running out. I tell her what happened. She didn't believe me, so I just stayed up until my parents came to get me. I have also had experiences in my childhood home. One instance is I was watching TV with my mom in her room, and we hear what sounds like a glass being knocked over. So we go downstairs, and the vase on the coffee table was knocked over. We were so confused, there was literally nobody or anything that could knock it over. In my childhood home, I used to get sick all of the time with the flu and strep. I missed so much school because of it. I always wondered if the spirit that was there was the reason I was always sick. I was the only one to ever get sick. Nobody else would. Once I moved out, I rarely ever got sick. Another instance was when I was about 12. Our air conditioning broke, so we all just ended up sleeping downstairs, since it was 100 degrees up there. You could see the basement from the living room. So since we were sleeping in the living room, I would hear whistling coming from the basement. And I'd hear what sounded like someone snapping their fingers. And I'd hear scratching. That always terrified me never went down there and in the basement there's a random crucifix nailed to the ceiling. My dad tried to take it down but I told him to just keep it up just in case so he did my best friend stayed over one night it was just me, her my sister and both of my parents were at work she kept saying that she was seeing things such as little blue dots which I would think would be an orb, which confused me because I thought you could only see orbs in photos. As the night went on, she would say that she saw a shadow figure out of the corner of her eye, which I was seeing, but I didn't want to frighten her even more. She eventually said that she wanted to go home, so I told her that me and my sister would walk her home. She lived down the street, As we were about to leave, we hear a loud bang. It sounded like a dresser had fallen. We don't even take a chance. We bolt to her house, and my sister and I stayed the rest of the night. We didn't sleep one bit. In this house, when you looked at the stairway that leads upstairs, there's a light that comes from the bathroom right at the top of the stairs. You would see shadows walking past when nobody else was there. It was really scary, and it happened all the time. There was a lot of activity on the stairs, too, which is a weird place for there to be activity. On the steps, you could hear people walking. Both of my parents had said the same thing. My dad thinks it was a child. He would hear what sounded like a child laughing and running up the stairs. (laughs) Now that I know more about all the scary stuff about the paranormal. What if it was an evil entity disguising itself as a child? My little sister had seen a black shadow with red eyes standing over my mother as she was sleeping, which is pretty creepy. I didn't believe her at first because that really scared me. But one night, I couldn't sleep. I went to go see if my mom was still up when I walked in, I saw a black figure standing over her, but it didn't have red eyes. It was just a black figure, and it disappeared within seconds. That was hands down the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. My sister had an old porcelain doll that was named Sally. I know, pretty predictable, but this doll had always given me the creeps. My sister carried it around everywhere. One day it had went missing, so she'd asked me to help her look for it. So I walk around the house and in the kitchen, I look up and on top of the cupboards, I see this doll's brown hair hanging over. I asked her how she got it all the way up there, and she said that she didn't. That she didn't know how the doll got up there. This is the reason. I hate dolls. There were also random things that would go missing, only to turn up in a spot where things shouldn't be. I had an iPod, and I remember putting it on the charger so that I could use it the next day. And when I woke up the next day, it was gone. My room was locked, so there was no way for my sister to come in and take it. I later found it in a storage box that I was going through to donate things, There were countless other things that had been moved. The occasional keys being moved, wallets being put in different areas. You know, normal stuff like that. Anyway, those were my childhood experiences. Creepy old guy says he wants to marry my twin sister so a little context. Since we had to move to a different town to pursue our studies, we only came home for the holidays. It was the summer, and it was the evening. Our father wanted to cook something, but was missing a few things. Since my father didn't want to go too far for a few things that were easy to find closer to home, if a bit more expensive, we all decided to go to a little grocery shop in the city center. My father stayed in the car and sent my sister and I to go get the few things. As we were discussing which brands we wanted and the price, a guy old enough to have grandkids interrupted us. He asked if we were twins. It's obviously a question that we're used to hearing, so we smiled politely and answered, yes, we are twins. Cue the, oh, you look so alike... We don't think so, but, well, we're used to each other, so we know the difference between our physical appearance. And the, which one of you came out first? I always feel so uncomfortable when people ask this question, but when they're nice, I try not to show it to them. Then, this guy started asking if we have boyfriends, if we want to have children, and if we plan to stay together. It was starting to get creepy, but, as I'm quite the introvert... I didn't say it outright, I did make sure to show it in my body language, turning away from him, looking at the cash register. He then started to say that he wanted to marry my sister, that her eyes were a mirror, that he could see that she would be so kind and docile. Even if it was creepy, I couldn't help but laugh in disbelief, because really, my sister, kind and docile? I mean, she's so sassy and savage. I love her. He said their children would be so beautiful. This was past the point of creepy, and I was getting really pissed. Because why does the fact that we're twins make him and other people in general think he can say things like that or ask personal questions? I was also getting pissed because my sister and I are super protective of each other. So I said that she was not going to marry him and that it was absolutely creepy that a guy old enough to have grandchildren would say to someone potentially young enough to be his granddaughter that he wanted to marry her and have children with her. Then we took what we bought and left with the guy behind us trying to apologize and say he didn't mean it like that. As we were walking out, still ignoring that dude, my sister told me that I should have just ignored him because he wasn't worth it, and I don't think we told our dad because we didn't want him to worry, even though he would have definitely agreed that guy was way out of line. He would have also said that we handled it properly by telling him off, then ignoring him and leaving. I am an American Civil War reenactor. I was attending an event deep in North Carolina cotton country at the beginning of November, where we set up camp in the original fort that was on site. One of the things reenactors do to add some authenticity to events is to send out four or five guys on what's called picket duty. It's basically a safety watch that stands guard outside the camp at night. I wasn't too terribly tired that night, so I volunteered to be one of the four sentries to go and stand watch that night. Now, before we go to our respective posts, we all determine a call sign. So that way, should anyone come up to us, they can call out the call sign, make their presence known, and enter the camp. Our call sign for that night was Oh, Virginia. Fast forward about two hours or so. It's now approximately 1:32m. a.m. I was posted along a stretch of trenches leading up to the main fort, about 25 yards outside of camp. I was leaning against a tree, letting my mind wander. When I saw movement coming from a section of wood line. a figure emerged and began slowly making his way towards me. I snapped the position of port arms and said to the figure, Halt, and make your presence known. The figure stopped only for a breath, before saying, I am friendly. 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 The figure came up to me and he revealed himself to be a middle-aged man, in confederate garb, with sergeant stripes on the sleeves of his dirty jacket. I distinctly remember a strong scent of pipe tobacco coming from him. He made a brief bit of small talk with me, asking how my post was going, did I kill any Billy Yanks, so on and so forth. As he finished his conversation and began to turn, he looked back and said, Got enough rounds in your box? Referring to my leather cartridge box that held my blank reenactor rounds for my musket. I only had a few left for the day's event, so I said if he's offering, I could definitely use a few more. He dug around in his pockets for a second or two and produced three cartridges, and he placed them in my hand. Immediately, I knew they were live rounds. I felt the weight of the lead bullets in my hand. This is a serious no no, as you're not allowed by any means whatsoever to bring live ammunition or bullets to a reenactment event. I stared at the cartridges in my hand for a moment, and when I looked back up to say that I could not accept these, the soldier was gone. All that was left was the smell of sweet pipe tobacco. I pocketed the rounds, finished my guard shift, and in the morning I put the three live rounds in my truck, I still have them now. I made a point of looking for that sergeant the following day, but to no avail. To this point, I'm unsure of the circumstances. Could it have been a fellow reenactor playing a joke? Someone trying to cause issues? Or maybe, potentially, a sergeant from a time long since past, keeping an eye out for a fellow soldier... Late at night. Whoever you are, Sergeant, you've stuck with me. But let's not meet under these circumstances again. This isn't anywhere close to some of the experiences that other people have shared, but I thought I'd share anyway. I'm a 21-year-old female, but this happened when I was 16, 17. I work for a pool as a receptionist, and every now and then, especially where it's located, you'll get the odd, creepy, or weird customer. But this particular customer experience always stays with me. As most businesses, you get your regulars that come in when you work full-time, and you're bound to start knowing the regulars quite well. This person was one of them. For the sake of privacy, we'll call this man John. He was probably about mid-twenties, early thirties. John would usually come in most nights to soak in our spa. More often than not, he'd stay until close. The first few encounters with him were mostly harmless. He would linger around longer than usual and make small talk and also had intense eye contact with these icy blue eyes that made me feel so uncomfortable. But I put that down to just me not being a huge fan of eye contact. Then one night, he comes in and goes, Hey, beautiful. I was busy doing something, so I turned around, and it's like he's pressed himself, right against the counter. As I turn, I watch his eyes move up from my ass to my face, and he just stares with this massive, gross smile. In hindsight, I should have ended any sort of behavior like that if it made me feel uncomfortable, but at the time, I made some excuse in my head like, he must be in a good mood today, or maybe he didn't mean it like that. What the hell were you thinking past me? So I don't even acknowledge what he said to me, and served him quickly just so I don't have to be around him any longer than I have to, and then I make myself look busy so he gets the message that I don't have time for him. He lingers still, and I felt his eyes on me the whole time he was standing there, and I wanted to shrink into nothing at that moment. He tries to start a conversation about his knowledge on chlorine and pH levels and blah blah blah, I have to stop him and say, I'm just a receptionist, so I would have no input on this. Have a chat with the lifeguard, though. I'm sure they'll know more about it than me. He then goes, I'd rather talk to you about it, though, and winks at me. Thank God another customer had come in and was waiting to be served, so I say, I'm actually busy at the moment. Thank you. His face drops and he sulks away. The nicknames continue for the next couple of days. Beautiful, cutie, gorgeous. Please keep in mind, I was a 16 year old girl for starters, and was the worst people pleaser in the world, incredibly terrified of conflict. This experience helped me in some ways as I learned how to set boundaries for myself properly. The straw that broke the camel's back was one night he came in as usual Paid with coins. As I reach my hand out to grab the money, he places the coins in my hand and then holds my hand in his sweaty hand and just smirks at me. I pull my hand away so fast, I accidentally bang my elbow into the desk. He then goes, Ah, little cutie got a boo-boo. Let me help. And reaches over the desk to grab my arm to look at my elbow. I stand up and take a step back so he can't reach me, and I tell him that I'm fine and to go on through. The next day, I confided in some of my coworkers to see if they had similar experiences with John, and to my surprise, three other girls had as well. Just little remarks similar to me, and even one of them remembered seeing him come in with what looked like a 12 or 14 year old girl in the past. Now, I'm not assuming anything, but after all of this, it didn't look so good. I go straight to my boss and I tell her so she's aware of it, and I let her know the next time he's in that I will say something, and if it continues, I want him to at least be spoken to by someone higher up so he's aware that this isn't appropriate. And worst case scenario, I'd want him banned from the pool, He comes in and says something along the lines of, What's up, gorgeous? Which I reply with, My name's actually fake name. I wasn't going to give this man my real name. And then he just laughs it off, as if it was a joke. I then say, I'd appreciate it if you'd call me by my fake name. Thank you. He rolls his eyes and says, Nope, you're my cutie as he's walking off then fast forward to that night I had problems with my car and was waiting for one of my co-workers to come out with some jumper cables to help start it up and then he comes out of his car keep in mind the pool had closed at 9pm it was 9.30pm and he was just sitting in his car and he asks what the problem was I tell him not to worry about it that I'll be fine He continues to walk closer to me and says, I'm good with cars, come on, let me see if I can help. I tell him again that I don't need help and I'm fine. Another man comes out of his car and stands right next to me, a couple feet away from me. I'm standing there. Then another man comes out of his car and stands right next to me, a couple of feet away from me. I'm standing there in an empty car park, 9.30 at night, with no way of transport, and two grown men standing in front of me. Before anything is said, my co-worker comes out, tall, stocky man, and asks if everything is all good. They don't even look at him, just nod and scurry to their car, and drive off. Forever grateful for this man, honestly don't know what would have happened without him. Next day, I get him trespassed and later find out that he got charged with harming a minor. So yeah, don't act nice for the comfort of other people, especially if it sacrifices yourself and your feelings. I loved hearing ghost stories but didn't fully believe in it one of my friends decided to take me to their grand's house that was supposedly haunted i was at first skeptical about this thinking they were going to try to scare me or something we decided to spend time in each part of the house alone trying to see if we could hear or see something I remember being in the bathroom with the door closed and the lights off, only having one candle. I sat in there for around 30 minutes until I heard a knock on the door. At first, I thought it was one of my friends trying to scare me, so I opened the door, and I saw no one there. My first thought remained it was them playing a prank on me. So I closed the door and sat down on the floor. After a few minutes, I heard the knock again, and I opened the door. But as soon as I opened the door, the faucet behind me in the bath turned on. I remembered being scared, trying to call my friends. When they got to me, I explained, and they didn't believe me at first, knowing I was always the one joking around with things like this. But then, we heard running in the hallway, coming toward the bathroom. We shut the door, turned off the water, and stayed in that bathroom for about an hour. Yes, we were the typical people who hid in a place where it started, but we didn't have anywhere else to go since the running came from the only exit now, I'm not saying this is 100% a ghost, but I've spent months trying to think of an explanation for what I've witnessed. I still can't think of a logical one. I might still be a bit skeptical about it, but for me, it was one hell of an experience that I couldn't explain. I live in Medford, Oregon, and I'll preface this by saying that I realize brass knuckles are illegal, but here's a story of how they saved mine and my boyfriend's life back in 2017. It was date night, and I met my boyfriend, who's now my husband, down at a little brewery called The Copper Plate. After a couple of drinks, we closed out the tab, and I suggested that we take a walk in the park across the street. It was a beautiful, clear night, without a cloud in the sky. Once in the park, we found a wooden bench to sit on and just watch the stars. It was actually pretty enchanting. It felt like pure magic as I soaked in the view, snuggled next to the love of my life. This perfect moment was soon interrupted by rustling in the bushes across the pathway from us. My boyfriend is in the process of feeling me up and He stops, indicating we both feel uneasy by the sound we just heard. My boyfriend turns back around, and we're both sitting silent on the park bench, eyes locked on the shrubbery across the pathway, waiting for another sound or movement, and hopefully explanation to the sound. We hear the bushes shake again, but we don't quite see anything yet, My boyfriend whispers that it sounds too big to be a raccoon. He suggests maybe a deer. I'm about to say that it could be a bear when out steps one big red boot, followed by a heavyset man wearing a tightly stretched Pennywise clown outfit from it and full makeup. Maybe it was because I was nervous or something, but... My first reaction was to laugh. It was quiet enough to where my boyfriend could hear me, but I wasn't sure the clown heard or not. But he stopped, right in front of us. After a few moments, maybe even a whole minute of him standing there, staring at us, I realized that my laugh was more of a reflex and that I wasn't feeling very humored right then. I tightened my grip on my boyfriend's hand and asked him under my breath, what the fuck was this guy doing? He squeezed my hand back and then he asked the guy, hey man, any chance you want to find another place in the park to stand and stare? Then the clown man decided to answer the question by pulling a rather large knife out of one of his sleeves and shaking his head No. We both stand up immediately. My first thought is that this has got to be some sort of prank, but my boyfriend tells me to run across the street back towards the car. Before I can tell him to come with me, the guy charges towards my boyfriend. He lets go of my hand sort of pushing me to the side and prepares to dodge the guy, yelling for me to once again go back to the car. I run, but not away, There's no way I can leave my boyfriend in this situation. So, insert brass knuckles my uncle brought back from Mexico a couple of years prior. He's the guy that taught me how to fight, and I was decent at throwing a punch. These just gave me that extra power. I always kept them in my purse because what's the point of having brass knuckles if you don't have them when you need them? I grabbed them out of my bag I put them on and I wait for a good time to strike the guy. My boyfriend dodges the guy and even manages to knock the knife from his hands and kicks it off into the distance. The clown man doesn't stop though. He again runs for my boyfriend and this time they make contact. Now my boyfriend is six feet tall, but this man has a good couple of inches on him. They both throw hands. I watch my boyfriend make contact with the clown's face, but instead of going down, he barely moves and returns a hit across my boyfriend's face. He stumbled a bit, but rushes the clown, knocking them both to the ground. It's dark, but the streetlight shows me that the two of them are wrestling on the ground. Part of me knows I should listen to my boyfriend and run to the car, but then I see the clown is on top of my boyfriend. He's fucking strangling him. Oh hell no. Gripping my brass knuckles in my right hand, I run over to the two of them. I position myself in a fight stance behind my boyfriend's head and in front of the clown. It's like he literally doesn't even notice my presence as he tries to squeeze the life from my boyfriend. Hey motherfucker. I shout in his face while pushing his left shoulder with my left hand. The moment his head tilts up at all, I hit him so hard with a solid right hook to his left cheekbone. There's blood now, and I hear a crack. I know it's not my hand that broke, so I followed it up with a second punch. But this time, he was looking straight up at me while still strangling my boyfriend. I put all of my body weight into that punch and I could hear the brass scrape against the enamel as my fist smash through his teeth. He flies back, and a few teeth fly out. One of his teeth lands right next to me, and if I hadn't just watched it fly out of his mouth, I'd have thought it was a kernel of corn. So yellow. This man was down and not going anywhere fast. I grab my boyfriend's arm, and I tell him that we need to run to the car. He gets up. He's in one piece, and he agrees we should go. Before running across the street, he darts back slightly and grabs the knife, telling me that if this guy gets away before the cops show up, at least he won't have a weapon. Knife in hand, we run to the car and call the police. Sitting in our car, we can't exactly see anything going on in the park. Where we were and where we left the clown is covered by tall bushes that border the park. After sitting there a while waiting for the police, I get a tinge of paranoia that they're going to arrest me or something. My boyfriend tells me no way, and I explain the brass knuckles. He tells me just to stash them. that whatever damage they find on that guy was from the two of us trying to fend him off. The police show up, and sure enough, the guy isn't there anymore. His teeth, however, were... One of the officers asks my boyfriend if the teeth are his, as he looks over his face, he tells them no, that those belong to the clown man, along with the knife. After we finish giving our statements, we sit a while longer, curious if the guy will show back up, if for no other reason than needing medical attention. My boyfriend starts talking me up, telling me how it's the most badass thing he's ever witnessed, how I'm the man of the house praising me for saving his life, blah, blah, blah. I kiss the guy, tell him to stop, and that I'm just happy nothing worse happened to either of us. He was right, though. We make a killer team, that's for sure. So, to the clown man that fucked up my date back in 2017, I hope we do meet again, so I can knock out some more of your yellow-ass teeth. Well, friends, that's all the stories we have for tonight's episode, but we've got brand new ones every Friday night, so be sure to hit that subscribe button, tap the notification bell, and tell all your friends. Thank you so much to everyone for listening, and also to everyone who shared their stories. Do you have stories like these? I'd love to share them. Send them to me, amandadarkesthour at gmail.com. Stay spooky.